Today we're joined by Rebecca Marshburn. Rebecca leads Common Rooms on Common Community, a vibrant space for community and GTM leaders. I am just coming off of a Uncommon Community Leaders feedback meeting, and so I'm feeling pretty jazzed. I'm happy to talk about this report. There were a ton of insights. Clearly, the amount of research and breadth of expertise and effort that went into this is phenomenal. Rebecca's going to share some thoughts with us today from the report. Page 11. I, honestly, I was like, am I already pulling stuff out at page 7 and page 11? This is a big report. It's like 150 pages, if not more. Here I am on page 11 being like, I'm going to quote this, but you really came out early with the heavy hitters. So you start really wide and then you invite people in so it gets more narrow. And then it's a case of if you want to give us feedback, I'd love to hear it. And then you can then go back to the community and be like, here's what I heard. It was a good way to show up, to be like, hey, we're listening. I always want to like keep that door open. I trust that community members know that my DM door is always open, but I also need to exemplify that. Rebecca, why don't you say hello and um, introduce yourself a little bit more. Hello and welcome to the Digital Community Leaders Podcast, where we chat with community managers, champions, and founders about their experience leading and supporting digital communities. My name's Pete Heslop, and I lead the team here at Steadfast Collective, and we exist to craft digital applications that bring people together. We created the Digital Community Leaders Podcast to be a bite-sized look into what it takes to start, grow, and scale digital communities. Today, we're joined by Rebecca Marshburn. Rebecca is head of community at Common Room, an all-in-one modern customer journey platform that connects community data to product and CRM insights. Rebecca leads Common Room's On Common Community, a vibrant space for community and GTM leaders to share best practices and gain experiences. Rebecca, why don't you say hello and um, introduce yourself a little bit more. Hey, um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I think you did a great introduction, maybe also because I was like, hey, here's some notes. Um, so thank you. I am Rebecca Marshburn, as Pete said. Um, I am just coming off of a uncommon community like leaders feedback meeting. And so I'm feeling um, pretty jazzed. And so I'm really happy to be here. And um, I'm happy to talk about this report. There were a ton of insights. And as I said, like uh, off off camera, um, clearly the amount and like depth of like research and breadth of expertise and effort that went into this is is phenomenal. So thank you for having me on to talk about it. Thank you for the work that you did to bring it to life. And I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, before we jump into some thoughts you have from the report, why don't you tell us about how you first got into the wonderful world of community? Yeah, absolutely. And so sometimes I have like not different versions. It's the same story, but I'm always like, oh, where do I start? Um, <laughs> but I think I'll start with I originally like I had been in tech. I had left tech to um, study my, for my master's in urban design. And I was really into how do public spaces encourage people to come together and what happens when you design a space in a certain way. Um went to Las Vegas for like a friend surprise birthday party. And that turned into a job role at AWS, not generally what happens when you go to Las Vegas, but um, I ended up moving to Seattle to accept a job at AWS and which is Amazon web services, sort of like the nerd side of Amazon. And uh, so I was working there as a product marketing manager and on a, on a technology called serverless technologies, which was mm. relatively very young at the time. And when it came down to it, our um, sales teams and our, some of our partner teams weren't necessarily incentivized um, to, 
to promote serverless for many reasons. And, um, and the incentives did not align and, and I fully, um, respect that they didn't. And so at the time we were like, how do we help get this product out there? How do we evangelize this? Like, how do we make sure people understand how to use it? And the answer really was people who are already doing it, who are members of the AWS community or the developer community. And, um, from there, basically I built out the AWS serverless heroes program. And there's amazing program leaders there, the Ross Barriches, the Jason Dunn's like so many amazing program leaders. So it was certainly not done alone. Um, I did it as a, as a specific hero space within that larger AWS heroes program. And mm. then, um, ran the AWS serverless heroes for, for a couple of years there. And so that's really how I got into like the technology digital space of community and what leading communities can do, um, in terms of, of like a perfect partnership between product goals and company goals and also individual people goals. And at that time, right. Developer goals and builder goals. And so um, that's how I originally entered the space. And then I worked with a wonderful uh, woman there named Linda Leanne at AWS, and she is the co-founder and CEO of Common Room. And so that is how um, I ended up joining Common Room. That's wonderful. That's a great story. I really like that. Also, AWS is the money-making side of Amazon. Um, Also that, yes, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people who aren't in the world of tech don't realize that Amazon powers a big chunk of the internet. And if um, one of your favorite websites ever goes down, it's probably because Amazon is having some problems at the time. Yeah, so true. And honestly, like we have a little bit of lag right now. And I was like, what's going on overall? What's going on on Amazon right now? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fab, so... In September, we launched the Digital Community Leaders Report, a six-month project to survey and better understand the community profession. The report is now available at communityleadersurvey.com, where you can download your free copy um, or you can order your very own fancy printed copy. So Rebecca is going to share some thoughts with us today um, from the report. So let's dive straight in, Rebecca. What is your first thought from the report? Okay, so... I love to quote pages. So this is on page seven um, of the digital report. And so I think those two match. Um, If they don't, then maybe we can correct this uh, later. But, you know, you talk about, um, I I said, I love the report's opener. You say, use technology to help you scale. Intelligent automation is set to play a significant role in community building. Yet 62% of our respondents are not really using automation. Um, and this really caught my eye because I think that, uh, at least a common room, like one of the, one of the, the quickest ways to value for people that are, that are using it as a tool is like, oh, wow, I can actually automate certain things. And my, you know, like my welcome messages, my check-in messages, some of these things that just take a ton of manual time, but are so important in terms of that touch point with a community member, treating someone like an individual welcoming them to a space, helping them get context and understand and orient themselves in that space. And so I, I, I had just written in my notes here, right? Like, I think this also indicates that if we're not really using automation, we likely aren't using technology to do a lot of things. And so mm. coming from my seat at this dinner table and I sit at the table or sometimes I wave at the table and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that's an amazing table with like a, a lot of like really experienced, you know, community leaders and people who've been doing this for 20 years, right? People who have been thinking in these ways for such a long time, you know, they're writing books, they're using tools, they're creating tools, they've um, advised tools. 
that that if we're not using a lot of technology to do these things, then 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 we have to shift toward that way. So if there's 62% of people aren't really using automation and that's sort of like a, a gateway way to use the technology, then I'm like, oh, there's probably so many other things that 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 62% and probably even way more are not using um, technology to better um, measure the outputs of their community if they're like trying to tie those outputs to a larger company goal, right? Or they're not using that technology to um, like immediately send themselves alerts when something is happening mm -hmm. to identify who it is in their community, just to understand that if this person who is talking to you on one channel is also the person who's asking a question on another channel, is also a person who recently attended your webinar, is also the person who um, logged into your product for the first time or hasn't logged back yeah. into your product for three weeks. There are so many pieces of data to tie together to really understand that individual person's journey that if we're not even using automation to welcome an individual person, then I can't imagine all the other ways that we're not using technology to help bring those like member individual personal insights um, to our fingertips so we can really understand who we're serving, why we're serving them and what they need. Absolutely. And one of the other statistics in here was that 41% of folk said one of the challenges for next year was time spent on admin. And for me, that just says that community managers often get so in the community, they're not working on the community. So obviously you, you mentioned there like the, the concept of a welcome message, but there's other things that you can use automation for. So that was a great, like a great example would be, you know, this person was logging in every day and they haven't logged in for two weeks. Do you want to check up on them? Now that sort of thinking could happen in your head or you could just outsource it to something else. So you know that actually when folks start becoming cold in the community, you're going to get a report about it. And for me, it's all about whether you're running a business or running a community or anything where there's both micro and macro tasks, like you're going from strategy days to like, I need to speak to someone about a specific problem. The amount of stuff you can get out of your head into a task, which is happening behind the scenes, the better, right? You don't want to be thinking about, I haven't seen John in a while, um, while you're trying to work on, you know, next year's budget. You want that sort of stuff to come to you, not you have to go to it. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a way of using AI where it feels like it's not replacing your role as the CM, it's just making you a better CM. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we all have seen, right, there's a there's like a threshold where you're like, if there's 10 people, you can keep them in your head. If there's 50, you can keep most of it in your head. But if there's 100, you're like, I mean, anyone who's planned a family gathering or a reunion or a wedding or any, like even a picnic, you're like, this is a lot. This is too much to hold in my head. And so, yeah, when you're able to outsource that and have it be like operating in the way that you set up, it, it totally frees that brain space to be thinking about different things and like giving you that space as a community leader to be, um, to be setting up different things that do require that brain space. Fab, Rebecca, why don't we go on to your, your second thought, your second takeaway from the report? Yeah. So page 11, I, honestly, I was like, I was like, I'm already pulling stuff out at page seven and page 11. Like this is a big report. It's like, 150 pages, if not more. Right. And I was like, here I am on page 11 being like, I'm going to quote this, but you really came out early with the heavy hitters. So, um, I loved how you asked this question. At least you set up the rest of the port. Like 
these are questions that you actually use as set of questions, I think, to, as you di dive deeper into the report. But you say, mm. why focus on community leaders? And, you know, you say you have the insights to help your organization leap ahead. And honestly, I, 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 this really resonated with me because I think this is really important to focus on because the market is moving in a direction of community impact on marketing and sales. Um, and granted, this is coming from my specific seat at the table, which is, you know, working at a tooling company and platform that is specifically built for community and GTM leaders. And so I want to open up this discussion to people that are working on different ways of like solving these problems. Um, so I just want to put that obviously as like a, like a caveat that this is my point of where my point of view is coming from, but everything that we see from my point of view, right. Is that the market is like, whoa, there are so many channels that people are interacting with us across and those channels are often owned by, or, you know, stewarded by hosted by community leaders and those community leaders have access and are building these relationships with so many people that are, you know, they're either prospects or they are customers that are at some point are going to have to make a renewal or an expansion, or they're going to churn, um, or they're just fans that aren't necessarily going to use our product today, but they are interested in the space and maybe they don't even work in that role today, but they're moving toward that direction. And a year later, that fan is actually someone who might become a product user or a customer. And so, hmm. so many of these channels, there's CRM channels, which might be owned by like, you know, marketing, marketing ops, for example. Um, there are you know, sales channels, which are still going to be those like classic, classically sales led or AEs and SDRs. There are those types of ways where, or they're more like outbound off, often. Um, and then there are products, you know, product usage data product type channels where it's more like maybe the product team owns it or, you know, we're able to look at in the marketing side product data warehousing to be like, oh, how are these things coinciding? There's you know, customer success and support. They're understanding what questions people are asking. But really the 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 people side of it, these individual channels where people are interacting with your brand, that's like. Slack, Discord, Discourse, LinkedIn, GitHub, people are consuming your content on YouTube, right? They're on Twitter or X, right? There's there's all these different ways that people are interacting with you. And usually those channels are stewarded by community leaders. And so mm -hmm. I do think that as community leaders, we have to position ourselves as equal partners in the go-to-market inputs um, because we are stewarding a channel, which is a um, some people call them, you know, dark funnel channels, if you will, or social channels with a mix of like, I would say more of that like daily dialogue channel, like the slacks or the discords. Um, but if we, if we don't position ourselves as like, Hey, we are bringing so much value to the table through the different mm. types of channels that we steward as community leaders. Um, if we're not ready to have that vocabulary, if we're not ready to talk about the impact of those channels on the broader marketing team goals, the broader go-to-market goals, the broader revenue goals that that side of the organization um, is responsible for, then we're not setting ourselves up for success and making sure that we get to strategically represent the voice of our community members and of those fans and of those product users and of those, um, those customers and prospects. And so I, I think that, um, why focus on community leaders, right. Is, is really important. You say that 
they have the insights to help their organizations leap ahead. And, and that's so true. By delivering insights and outcomes through our community work, we as community leaders can help the organization leap ahead. Mm. But we need to be like firm or at least confident in what we're bringing to the table and what those yeah. insights, how they actually like roll up into those broader business goals. Like spot on exactly like it, it's all really fun and and soft and fluffy having a community which is a really lovely place to be but ultimately there's business ramifications of what you're doing um which are hopefully positive and if you want a, a seat at the the bigger table where you're maybe asking for more budget maybe asking for more team it is switching that vocabulary to be like i understand on the metrics you want reporting um ultimately engagement might not actually mean anything to your c-suite but if you can show you know support times in you know decreased or whether you show churn decreased or whatever it is then that's the sort of metrics that are actually going to get folks attention um, and it's that kind of switch from being i'm a cm but i'm also delivering business value and making sure you're using the correct terminology and just kind of leveling up a little bit in that and, I, and i'm guessing you know that's some of the data people are getting out of common room would assist them in that right it's a big part of of, of what you're delivering yeah absolutely and it's sort of being able to make those connections between saying um you know, this person was through a, through a community channel that I stored, right. We we're able to say that they posted a question that, um, a product question specifically, and that we know they're an yeah. economic buyer at a target account and they still have no reply. So how do we make sure to like close this loop, to make the iteration yeah. feedback loop quicker, to make sure the responsiveness is there to make sure that, when, when we're also setting our other teams up for success, we're setting the customer success team up to say like, when they get on that call the next time with their customer, Hey, we saw that you had this question. Um, this is, you know, we, so we answered it. This is, this is the way that we had answered it. So they're not flat footed and being like, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that you posted a question somewhere and you never actually got any reply. That's such mm. a different way to approach that conversation. And so I think that type of community work and that type of way that we can, I, I keep saying steward, right? Because I don't want to say own these channels. Like we steward them, we host them, mm. we bring them together um, and we we guide them. Um, and so being that steward and being able to set the rest of our teammates internally up for success so that they can have those conversations coming from the point of view of having contextual insights to what that individual person did or asked or said or needed. I like it. And I like it. Um, there's a part in, in the report where we talk about where does where do you sit as a department? Do you sit in marketing? Do you sit in ops? Do you have your own department? And I think um, in the UK, slightly different to the US, some of the, the metrics were. Um, but actually, when I was chatting to someone about this recently, they said, that's all lovely, um, having reporting lines, but really community is, is cross-functional. Like actually, it, it ideally it would sit more like operations where it affects every part of the business because that's how you're going to have the biggest impact which then i guess leans back onto to part onto your thought one which is well if you're wanting to be in lots of rooms in lots of places then you can't do that all by yourself without having the correct tooling around you to support you and what you want to be delivering right yeah and i do hope um i I hope one day that we, that it is more of like that kind of ops, like larger umbrella. Um, and I think part of this work that we're all doing together now is hopefully like ends up going in that direction is actually going already in that direction. But I think we're still like 
tilling the soil in order to get there. Mm. Um, and I think it takes time, right? I think it takes takes time for each of these functions to, for us to even articulate what this function is doing, um, for us to then prove out what we have articulated, our hypotheses are, right? And then, and then for for whole teams and organizations who have been working in, in very specific ways for a long time to then, to then adapt. And so I think this work is like tilling the soil so that ultimately we do end up adapting and there is um, a more like cross-functional ability of the community to be seen at that like highest table. Fab, uh, Rebecca, let's go on to your, your third thought. What's your third kind of takeaway from the report? Okay, so on on page 45, I think I actually left you with so many thoughts, but um, on page 45, you say community leaders derive metrics, or one of your findings, rather, is that community leaders Mm -hmm. derive metrics from their goals. The following top three metrics cut across all online community-type surveys. So that's incredible to me, all online community-type surveyed. Online community Mm -hmm. participation, community size and growth, and stakeholder satisfaction. And I don't know if if these are stack-ranked, in a specific order, but my note here is like, I think we need to reverse the ratio on these outcomes uh, and mm. that we should place stakeholder satisfaction and business impact as the number one metric. And I think yeah. that this could be um, somewhat of a spicy take. And so I was like, hashtag let's discuss winky face, I believe is what I actually put in my notes. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do think at least coming from the you know, B2B SaaS world where I do roll up specifically into an organization that does also have revenue goals at the end of the day, um, that for me, I need to, and I would encourage a lot of people in this industry who are rolling up to organizations that have ultimate, they need to know what their organization's ultimate goals are, what function they report into, um, but that stakeholder satisfaction and business impact should be the number one metric or the first metric to look at. Because ultimately, if you're doing great work, if you're increasing online community participation or, or fostering, maybe it's not increasing, but it's making sure that the, the participation is healthy, community size and growth is healthy. But if you don't have stakeholder satisfaction, your work will likely be short-lived. Um, it will likely end up being something that's questioned rather than revered, right? It'll likely be something where it's like, okay, if we need to make organizational cuts because we're looking at that revenue bottom line, then that's cool that these things are healthy, but I'm actually not satisfied with what I'm seeing from this role Mm. function or this, this, um, the outcomes of, of this community work. And so, um, my friends and I would make pasta and uh, we actually love the pasta sauce more than the noodles. And so we would always talk about reversing the ratio that we'd have way more sauce and like three noodles mm-hmm. rather than like a bunch of noodles and like a little bit of sauce. We'd be like, oh, let's reverse the ratio on that pasta. And so I think with this, um, the online community participation, community size and growth and stakeholder satisfaction, I'm like let's reverse the ratio on this and put stakeholder satisfaction at the highest level on top. Um, to understand that all the work to really look at with an interrogative eye, an examining eye, um, how is the work that I'm doing um, leading to stakeholder satisfaction and them being able to hit their goals, which are as a company, right, are organizationally shared company goals. I really like that as well, because you may have buy-in from your head of marketing or your head of products to, to go run the community. But it's only when you start really delivering 
results for the business is when you start going to other parts of the company and going, oh, actually, you, you go to your you go to your head of IT or something and you go, oh, I need something from you. You know, this is the impact of having on the business. It makes it easier for anyone, whether it's the CFO or any other decision maker in the business to really give you their time and attention when you're not just doing a thing which is making your department looking good, but actually making cross departments looking great and helping with the wider stakeholders, um, whether that's support or, or finance or whatever it is. Um, and it's so much easier when you're making other people's lives easier to then go and ask for stuff, right? Um, whether it's more funding, or whether it's more support, or whether it's, you know, actually, we want the CEO to come write some content and get involved in the conversation. Um, if they're seeing value after value towards the company goals, it's so much easier for them to go, this is the correct kind of use of my time. Yeah, I think it probably is like the same way that we would treat our external community members, right? And we want to acknowledge their work or what their contributions or what they bring to the table or what they're trying to do. We want to serve their needs. It's like, how do we look at our own internal team members, our own internal cross-functional teams or partner teams or stakeholders? How would we also treat them as community members? Like, let's acknowledge their work, what they're trying to get done, what their contributions are, how they're trying to get that done. And then mm. how do we serve that as well? And I think that also is the beautiful thing and also something that makes community work so tricky is because you do have a lot of um, members that you're serving. There's there's very deeply like two I don't want to say two sides because I don't want to, it's not like they're pitted against each other, but there is external and internal yeah. needs that you want to address and that you want to acknowledge and that you want to serve. Absolutely. Love it. Rebecca, do you want to go into your final takeaway from the report? Yeah. So just thought for, um, is I wanted to note it here. You had on page 115, you had said how satisfied or you had asked how satisfied is your community with their online community experience? And um, this has been really top of mind for me because as a, as a community steward of the uncommon community, um, mm. I, I think I have, you know, strengths. I have areas for growth. Um, our community has strengths. It has areas for growth. And actually Pete, this came out of a conversation that I was in with you at the unconference Um just a couple, like a month ago, a couple months ago, time, I'm not sure exactly what it is, mm. um, maybe a month ago uh, in London, where we were talking about applying how to borrow, but then make our own um, different standards or processes that, you know, our marketing counterparts use. And one of the conversation pieces revolved around, um, you know, um, net promoter scores or NPS, and I really think it was you that we were talking, I was talking about this with, but I remember writing in my, mm -hmm. I, in my notebook, I wrote, you know, why have I not done a community promoter score yet? Like I'm talking about this and I'm in a conversation around it and I think it has value and it's worth borrowing yet. I haven't done this yet. And so that was like the one, like the, not the one, many actionable takeaways, but the top actionable takeaway where I was like, this is something I can do now. And it's mm. something that I can, let's say I come to an unconference again, then I can talk about the experience of having done it um, and like what the outcomes were and then help others understand if it's something to undertake for them or not. Um, and so I had created our first in, in the Uncommon community, our first community pro promoter score CPS benchmark survey, and then mm -hmm. have just now started the subsequent follow-ups. So it was a simple survey, you know, would you recommend the Uncommon community to a peer, colleague, or friend? 
Um, just like that's how people, that's how it's asked in marketing, you know, would you ask, or would you recommend brand X to a peer colleague or friend? And then it was yes, maybe a no. And now for each of those groups, I've like, uh, I've set up individual feedback sessions or group feedback sessions, um, around like what someone loves, what they want to see more of and what they wish we would stop doing. And so this idea of community satisfaction is like, we can see sentiment. And again, I think this goes back to point one about the tooling. Um, there are like incredible ways that we could be leveraging technology and AI and natural language processing and MLLs and like, um, uh, all, all those things, right? Now there's plenty of technology out there to help us understand broad sentiment and to even understand like individual um, community member sentiment um, and then how that like affects the broader sentiment overall. But that sentiment only kind of tells you so much. And there are also ways that we can now be using technology to really understand what our like partner teams have done in the past, mm. something like borrowing from a, a net promoter score, Right. There are so many ways that we can leverage technology now to really deeply um, answer this question, how satisfied is your community with their online experience? Certainly, like people for a long time have been surveying their community members and getting member pulses, but there's ways that we can go much more granular now to really understand, I think, um, at the individual level, what uh what would satisfy and truly serve each of these individual members. Yeah. And then we can like then re-expand that out. And so this has been on my mind a lot, right? Is like how satisfies your community with their online experience, page 115, like you, like you asked. And, and now there are just so many different ways that we can get to that answer and so many ways that we can leverage technology to get to the answer. That's beyond, you know, a 10 question survey. Um, mm. that goes beyond the ways that we've been doing it before, which is maybe like ad hoc feedback sessions or quarterly feedback sessions. Um, and so I just loved this as like a final thought, cause I'm curious how other people are doing it. And I'm curious. Um, I'm yeah, I just, I, I loved this opening or I loved closing this with, with this open question, right. Around like, how do we how do we like more deeply leverage the tools and technology we have to get to a more robust answer around community satisfaction? What I loved about your community promoter score there is you start really wide and then you invite people in so it gets more narrow. So you start actually, you're, all you're asking people to do is basically to give you one of three options, right? Or, or a one to 10 scale, either way you did it. And then it's a case of actually, if you want to give us feedback, I would love, I would love to hear it. And then you can then go back to the community and be like, here's what I heard. Um, not only are you showing the community, you're, you're welcome to listen, um, but you're also letting people be involved or as little involved as they want to be, right? You can either just click a button and tell us whether you like it here or not, or you can actually set aside half an hour and get really stuck in and tell us your proper thoughts and give us some real feedback. But either way, we're listening. Um, whether you have 30 seconds or 30 minutes, um, I want to hear your feedback. And it, it gives you also some nice measurable metrics, which you can then go, we're going to do this twice a year and we can either see graph go up or graph go down. But either way, it kind of shows us a baseline of how things are going. Um, another interesting one out of that would be actually an interesting number would be how many people just didn't didn't respond at all. Like what's the engagement rate with it? Because um, the higher the engagement rate, it's probably a case of those people are, are logging in more often and they value the community because they want to help you gather that feedback, right? Yeah, exactly. And so I think there's, 
yeah, this was just setting the benchmark or the baseline for us. Right. And, um, and it was also, like you said, it was a good way to show up to be like, Hey, we're listening. I just, I always want to like, uh, keep that door open where it's not like, I, I trust that community members know that my DM door is always open, but I also need to exemplify that and show that. So it's another mm. way to show that. And then to like share back in the very public community channel, Hey, here's what we heard. And honestly, it was like, um, we had had at that time, it had only been open, you know, I'd sent it out and it had been a week, but that's where we're going to get the bulk of our answers. And we had a little bit over 10% engagement rate, right? So there are so many ways that we can improve. We can improve the number of maybes to yeses. We can improve the number of people who um, responded overall. And then we can mm. also improve that qualitative feedback based on what we heard this time. And so over the next two weeks, I have, you know, various sessions for the yeses, maybes, and nos or not really his nose rather. And then, um, and then that'll again be in a very public channel. Like, Hey, here's a, here are the main um, patterns that we heard from folks. And then what the, what I'll do is I'll say here are like three ways that we can like commit to improving this today. And then I'm going to let the community vote on what's the very first way they'd love to see. And so that way mm. it still is a dialogue between folks and it still is like representing that, we are listening. We can take action. We might not be able to take action on all of these things at once. So then like, please let us know from what we've heard from you, what is most important to you. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's, you know, it's not a, certainly a perfect democracy, but it is this goal of showing up with a listening ear and then taking that feedback and then moving forward with it. Um, and so, yeah, I think when we do this, um, what I had promised the community is we'll do this again at the end of quarter one. And then really have to assess, like, is it working? Is this, is what we thought would improve this actually improving it? Are more people answering, you know? Um, and then are more people answering moving from, you know, maybe to yes, or from even not really or no to maybe. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I don't have any data to report back on for you in terms of how it went um, for the for the final improvements or, you know, the incremental improvements. But um, I just love that this is a question that we have to keep iterating on, right? Because communities evolve, people evolve, needs evolve, yeah. markets evolve. And so we have to keep asking how satisfied is our community with their online community experience. And then we have to keep iterating on how we get to those answers. Rebecca, thank you for your time today. I really do appreciate it. And thank you for what you do in pushing the community profession forward. Um, I know I speak for a lot of folk when we say we appreciate the effort you put in um, at On Common Room um, and whatnot. No, this was wonderful. And thank you so much again for all the work that you've done to bring this report together and for having me on the show. And um, I look forward to seeing you in the community. Thank you so much. People can find me at, on X at Becca Odelay. They can find me on LinkedIn at Rebecca Marshburn. And um, they can join the Uncommon Community Slack, which is where we have our daily conversations um, at commonroom.io slash uncommon. And there's a, a way to just click on the Slack and um, join that. And they can try out Common Room as a product um, and find out more about it, how we bring all of your member data insights together across your CRM, your product usage data, and all those community channels you stored um, at www.commonroom.io. Perfect. Thank you.